Hey everybody, welcome to a new episode of Orange Slices. We are your hosts, Heath Pierce, and my guy, Mark McKenzie, and this is presented by Four Soccer Ventures. Mark, what is going on, man? Good to see your beautiful face again. No, no, likewise, man. I'm, I'm doing well. You know, we're coming off a, a good week of, of, of wins. You know, we're, we're getting in getting in our form, getting in our flow again. So uh, so that's good. You know, the sun's still not shining regularly, so that's not good. But yeah, I got my uh, got, got my flow back. So uh, how you doing, man? How's everything? I'm, doing, I'm good. I, I love checking in on the weekend, seeing you play and knowing that you made the team of the week. That's amazing. Uh, and it's, uh, it's pretty cool to see, you know, we, we, we at orange slices have an internet army of people that, uh, go nuts when, when you get a chance to play and play well. So, um, congrats on that. Hopefully the momentum keeps going, but let's, let's, let's talk about, uh, this week's guest. Uh, we promised everybody, uh, that we would, the format would be changing. We'd be increasing the type of guests and the diversity of backgrounds and still related to, to the national team. Um, but it, it's, it's a pretty fun one, isn't it? Yes. Yes. Uh, we, we got somebody who's, who's also a shield winner. Um, we got somebody who's also a world cup winner, which we can't necessarily relate to, mm-hmm. um, at all. Hopefully. I mean, I mean, not yet for me, Maybe someday. I mean, for you, it's for you, for you, probably not the case. I'm, I'm sorry, but yeah. Aspirationally. You come back. Aspirationally. Yeah. You know, that's the goal. Um, but yeah, man, she, she was an absolute amazing guest. Um, great conversation with her. Um, so yeah, Heath. Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, it's Abby Dalkemper, and uh, as you mentioned, her accolades are incredible. Um, and she's really cool. It's a really just chill conversation. And for somebody that you and I both haven't really spent much time hanging out with, or or whatever, it just felt very friend like and 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 yeah, just cool. So. Without further ado, I don't want to bury the lead. Here's our conversation with Abby Dawkins. All right, so let's welcome in our newest guest. She's a three-time She Believes Cup winner, three-time NWSL Shield. We know, uh, we we love the Shield. Uh, Three-time NWSL champion and three-time NWSL best 11. And of course, won the 2019 World Cup with that incredible U.S. women's national team squad. I was in attendance for almost all the games, uh, Mark. Unfortunately, you weren't there. And now... She has the unique honor of being our first baller from the U.S. Women's National Team, or just our first lady baller in general, to join the show. Abby Dahlkemper. Abby, what's going on? Thanks for having me. Um, nothing. Nothing much. Just here in sunny San Diego. I like that. You, uh, you know, for people that are listening to this on audio, obviously, uh, we can't see. You have a nice closet behind you. Do you are, are you a sneaker collector of any kind? Because Mark, oh, Mark, Mark's recently shifted his studio setup to just show... All of the sneakers uh, he got, and yeah, you, you as he should. It's yeah. beautiful. Um, I do have a good amount of shoes. Um, they're out in the garage because we kind of made it like a workout gym thing. We like finished the garage floor, so yes, I do have a lot of shoes. And this is like our office, so there's a nice closet in here. <laughs> It's nice. Well, we appreciate uh, you joining us. Uh, so I'm assuming uh, you're, you're at you're at home. You're in San Diego right now. Yeah, yeah. So I'm home. Um, we just started preseason, so I think it's like week three of preseason. I unfortunately couldn't be at national team camp. Uh, she believes Cup is going on right now, and the girls play the first game tonight um, in LA. So um, yeah, just trying to rehab my back and get you know, a hundred percent back on the field and like ready to go. We have such a long year, um, ahead of us. So it's just like important to 
try and be as close to 100% as possible. Yeah. And I, I got to bring Mark, Mark in on this because I, I'm obviously at an age that I'm old and I see like nice closets in the back. I'm like, oh, those are really nice closets. You know, like that's wonderful. What a home. And Mark's eyes keep drifting over to the light coming in on the side because he hasn't seen uh, sunlight like that in a while. Uh, you know, Mark's in, Mark's in Belgium right now dealing with this is your second winter, right? Mark, you've had one summer, yeah, two winters. Second winter. Yeah. One summer, two winters. And it's it's all look the same. You know, I think a lot of rain in the summer. Uh, we got uh, consecutive days of rain um, and a lot of gray skies. So, so, so not a whole lot of, lot of what Abby got going on in the background. It really, it is crazy because it really does make such a difference. Like seeing the sun, you're just like, oh, like I am just like a little happier. I hope you're like taking vitamin D. <laughs> not to be a mom, but like <laughs> no, 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 no. Trust me, I got the supplements. I got the supplements because, uh, yeah, I got, I gotta try and try and supplement a, a little bit of a smile on my face. And guys, <laughs> when I was playing Manchester, uh, they like got us like a sunlight producer thing for your like for your like house. Square that, yeah, for like our house. It was just like a square, and you'd like have to turn it on during the day because it was just like no sun. Yeah. I mean, but the Brits do love a good like sunbathing 50 degrees. The sun peeks through the clouds yeah. and they're just like all outside, you know, face up to the like sky. Like literally shirtless, yeah. just yeah. like soaking up the sun and it's 50 and you're like, Ugh. yeah. So, I mean, how's, how's San Diego been for you so far? Obviously you, you grew up in California, Bay area girl. Is that correct? Um, yes. and, and I grew up in the central Valley, so I grew up hating people from the Bay area, but <laughs> um, I don't hate you. You're cool. Um, but you know, does this feel like home for you closer to family? Finally, a chance to be just more connected to, to, to everyone. Yeah, it does. You know, I, I also went to school at UCLA. So, um, I have a little bit of SoCal, um, you know, history, I guess, just living there for four years and it's nice. You know, my, my older brother just had his first little girl. So I'm like officially an aunt and it's nice to be close to family, but also have our own house. And, um, we have two dogs and, um, you know, my husband, Aaron just finished playing and he's kind of transitioning into, um, other opportunities. But so, yeah, it's like so nice. I, and finally, like able to live in a market where I play. And I feel like before that's never happened. I was just like temporarily living in that market, but it wasn't home. So to like kind of have a home and set up here and also play is just like incredible. Now, Heath, Heath you were part of uh, uh, quite a squad out in Chivas. No, were you not? The, the legendary legendary chief yeah i mean i wasn't I, I wasn't there for like the expansion season i was just you know i mean if if we're counting that i mean every club is an expansion club in 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 the u.s so you know it's not the same but but i am it was uh it was it does ha it did have some uh rough patches being one of the the sort of newer expansion clubs at the time uh, has it been fun for you abby have you had a chance to sort of like shape anything i mean kind of what influenced uh what influenced you know, going to, to San Diego and sort of what, what's it been like being part of a team that's sort of, I wouldn't say building the plane as they fly it because that's a little disrespectful, but in a way sort of, you know, building a plane as they fly it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. No, I think, you know, I had played on the, on the same uh, team for what, six years, I think. And I think it was just a uh, time for change in my career. You know, I'm 28, um, turning 29 this year. And I think, you know, I still want to be challenged. I want to grow. I want to learn. Um, I want to get better. And I think just like newness and like adversity and stuff that you, you know, kind of face with 
getting out of your comfort zone and switching teams, I think is just good for me. And I, and like you said, I think, you know, this is an expansion team and there's going to be like hiccups and bumps on the way and it's not going to be perfect. And we might not have like the perfect team or the perfect players on the field and stuff. But I think as long as like, we're able to be on the same page and kind of just build as we go. Like you said, I think, you know, that's like good and and we're going to be good. We have quality players. And I think it's just about learning the system and kind of like developing a culture, like as soon as we can and kind of just strengthening that culture, if that makes sense. And Casey Stoney is new to the league and um, she's incredible. She's like a player's coach and she gets it. She's, you know, played with the national team um, in England for many, many years. And so she kind of understands like both roles in that sense. So I'm just like, so excited to play for her. And um, I've already learned so much because she's been, a, she was the center back as well. So it was really cool. Is there anything that, that shakes you up or that, that makes you a little bit like nervous or anxious, you know, stepping into the new team, you know, cause I know for me, it was, it was not stepping on anybody's toes, you know, not trying to be that, that person, you know, who's like, oh, you know, I need to be the coach's pet or I need to, to make sure I'm the loudest voice in the locker room. Is there anything, you know, for you going into this new challenge that, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was like nervous cause I was like the first signing for San Diego, which it was an honor, but I kind of was like, well, like I hope we like can get a good team and like, I don't know what their plans are and stuff. And, you know, the team and the players have come along like really nicely. And, you know, it's interesting because for instance, like you um, going to Belgium to play for a team that kind of was like already has been a team. Um, And for San Diego, it's like, well, like there was never a team. So we're all new. So like the first week and the first couple of days, we were just like, looking around like being like what do we like you know what I mean like what are we doing like I don't because no one knew anything like so it was good it was like it was it's funny now to look back and just be like yeah those were like just kind of awkward days you had to like get through it and stuff and but yeah I think just kind of like knowing my role on the team and like developing kind of like where I fit in and with the players and like all that is definitely like a little I guess gives me some like anxiety, but just knowing that it'll be okay. And that like kind of everyone is in that boat. Did it feel like the first days, like the way it is where you go into national team camp, the first few days where it's like everybody coming in from different places and it's like a little bit of, I don't know. I mean, uh, I, I at least I'm trying to picture it from, from my time in the national team, Mark, maybe you, you feel differently, but you know, everybody comes in and you're sort of, even though you're friends and everybody's excited. And I know that the women's national team is, gets together you know, quite a bit, but you know, where it's, is that what it's like with San Diego? Where it's like, everybody's sort of feeling each other out, like excited to see each other, know each other from a distance, but like, you know, maybe aren't cl- the closest of, of friends and you kind of got to feel each other out with that sort of stuff. Or was it like competitive the first days or sort of, no, it was definitely like what you were saying at first, like just feeling each other out and all this stuff. Cause like there was some girls that came from the same team. So like they were kind of staying like a little bit together and then some girls that are rookies that are new, you know, and, you know, this team had just gotten announced like maybe six months ago um, in the summer. So, so everything's just like kind of developing as we go. Like we are still, you know, waiting on our training facility and the fields just got done and sodded and stuff. So that's been nice. But like the first week we were like on grass that like we weren't going to be playing on. and, And it was like difficult. It definitely changed a little bit of like, how we play and in the practices and uh, maybe the quality a little bit, but 
I, every day it's getting better, like as we go. And, um, you know, like I said, it's going to be a really great group, talented, you know, willing to work. We have some really impressive rookies too, which I think is so hard because like coming from college into the the major leagues, I, I don't know like how you guys feel, but like, is a huge jump. It's like a huge jump. So to be able to like make a difference is, is huge. Oh, for sure. I remember coming from, cause I, I attended Wake Forest and I remember when I first signed with the uh, Philadelphia Union, I didn't even know, like I, I you're not you already know what to expect but you don't know exactly what to expect you know you don't know until you're in the environment until you're playing games you know and then you're trying to really show what you can do but not be that person that's doing too much you know so um you know and in, in the position as well you know I was what 19 you know coming into the team and you got guys there like before I even signed I was working with Gucciniebu and Moadu and, and these older guys and then I'm coming into a team again with some older guys in the position so yeah, I'm, I'm, we're fighting for spots, but I'm still trying to learn as well, you know. So it's it's balancing that whole that whole aspect out. Yeah, that's crazy that you guys both weren't ready to go pro because I my my transition was seamless, you know. Like I stepped right in, and I was like, oh, I get this, you know, like the speed of play, no problem, you know. I actually, it's funny, it, uh, truly, the 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 everything becomes like obviously you guys both know the like the details become the difference of everything, right? The speed of play, ha- having decisions, pressure on the ball, and like everything that happens around you, it's such a big jump. Obviously, Abby, you won, you know, how you won a national championship with UCLA, right? The first ever national championship for the women's side. Was it a huge jump for you into the into the pros or even then from there to the to the national team or, or or like looking back, it wasn't that big of a deal. It was just like sort of the overwhelming nature of of going to the next level. No, I think it was like a huge step. Like for me personally, just because like exactly like you said, and I've actually like said this before, just like with our team for San Diego, it's just like about details. Like it's, it's like little things that separate, you know, players and teams and stuff. And I had to learn that I had to learn how, you know, to really focus on the details, to think quicker, to play quicker, to get even more fit, like everything I had to like step it up because when I came from, it's just a completely different ball game. Like the NWSL from college is huge, but then the NWSL to national team is gigantic too. And you guys like know the international, you know, level is comparable to none because it's just a whole different beast. Um, and a sense of physicality, speed of play, decision-making, I think is huge, um, reading the game. So, yeah, it was like huge. It was a good, it was like a big step for me. And it definitely like took a while. And still, like I said before, I think I'm just like still wanting to learn and grow and all this stuff. I don't think I'm like finished developing at all. You know, it's funny you say finish developing because I've been talking to Heath about working on his speed. Um, and he still thinks he can develop uh, a killer, a killer step, you know, in his first steps to beat me in a race. Um, so I'm glad, I'm glad you brought that up, Heath, you know, uh, Heath, I hope you're listening. Yeah. Listen, I'm fat. I'm, I'm definitely faster than both of you still right now. (laughs) I've just like, my hamstrings are going to like probably around 60 yards, just explode and pop. And like, I'm not going to walk for a while, but I, I think I could, I think I can get off the line. There's always been this running theme. Now, Abby, between uh, you know, between Mark and I, of who had a higher vertical jump, who's faster, and we've had pretty split decisions, you know. And I feel like there's some recency bias considering he still plays, and I I don't at all, other than like random pickup games here in, in L.A. 
But if you were to look at, at, at both of us, just just take everything out out of out of the you know no researching. Who do, who do you think is actually in our prime faster or has a higher vertical jump? Oh God! Well, I don't know because I've like never seen. Well, I've seen cool. Mark play with the national team, so I'm gonna say I don't know. Maybe Mark is he still playing? But don't kill. Okay, me. recency bias. You see, fine. you can go with recency <laughs> bias. The thing about Mark though is his his positioning is pretty good, so you never really see him have to open up. You know, that like that's like what center back is about. It's like you it, only if you make a mistake are you doing a like oh shit run. You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. exactly. So exactly. it's like your position I, has to be spot on or else you're like gonna suffer. I do love the title of an oh shit run. That's a great like <laughs> like you like, know those runs oh, yeah, that you're just yeah. like literally put your head up. Stick your head up. <laughs> hey, here's here's actually a random question for you guys, because because you're both playing. There there seems to be a lot more uh oh shit runs now because referees or linesmen keep their linesmen keep their their flag down, right? To the end of the play. And it just seems like you make a good, yeah, you, yeah, you, like uh, to me, you know, when you look at all the stats and the data after your runs, how many sprints you're like, dude, half of those must be the oh shit run of like, I thought we were playing a tight line. Like that person looks clearly off, but now I got to chase him because that ref is leaving the flag down. Cause it's like a, what if, uh, do you feel like you, you have a lot more of those now because of the way, uh, it, refereeing happens? Yeah. I mean, Mark, I don't know if you agree with me, but. Uh, I, yes, I definitely feel like there's more, but I also think too, it's because the forwards are getting faster and more physical and smarter and the play is just getting better. So like, I just feel like sometimes you just have to like run after a really fast forward and you're just like, ah, I a hundred percent agree. You know, I look and, and you think that that line is perfect. You're like, ah, there's no way this guy, there's no way they're offside. And then you look to your right, your right or your left, and you're like, I don't see the linesman really stopping. So here we go, you know. And in God forbid you stop. Oh my God, I would literally be like, no, I could never. Well, that's why the the, the fullback when I played that position for the first half of my career was great because you always you saw the whole line, you know, from your side, uh, where you you at least like knew where you were. So like, if you looked across, you knew when you had to do that 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 oh shit run but a center back has got to go every time because you got somebody on your blind side no matter which way that you're looking so i don't know know. much love to the defenders just wanted to point that out that we you know it's a real attackers world we're living in you know i'm so proud of all of us yeah what a a little little community we built huh what a beautiful little community we built so we don't get enough love we don't get enough love out here man you know i know it is it is tough too mark because i just feel like as a center back it's like you're not supposed to make a mistake, but it's like, it's just, a, it's a unique position because it's just like, you have to kind of try and be perfect. And like, obviously you can never be perfect in soccer, but it's like any little mistake is like amplified at center back just because it's like literally right into the goal. <laughs> this is true. I learned firsthand, unfortunately. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Against the uh, Mexico Nations League final. We've talked about it several times, but yeah, it's uh, it's a position. What happened? Where, uh, okay, so Sorry, imagine you know. Imagine. <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh no, there goes ten thousand dollars of therapy. But <laughs> you know, he'll bring it back up. You know, <laughs> no, no, no. Listen, so it's I think probably like third minute. Third minute? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think we're like two twenty. <laughs> we're like we're like two twenty. Two minutes twenty seconds into the Nations League final against Mexico in Denver. 
and ball comes back. We kind of win it. DeAndre Yellen plays me a pass back, and I'm going to play uh, a pass, I think, to a midfielder, or I forget exactly who I was playing to. But anyway, long story short, it gets picked out at the top of our box and turns directly into one pass, turns into a goal. And this is like my first major tournament with the senior team, my first, you know, major final, and it's a Mexico-U.S. game. And I'm like, oh, my God. It's, it's a Mexico-U.S. game that's in the U.S., but it's a that's Mexico dominated. Game, right? That's dominated. Like, it's a Mexico the, crowd. The crowd yeah. is, is, and you is have 87 pure Mexico. So. Still. Oh, the thing is, we had 100 and I think 18 oh minutes left God, to play. Oh, my God. That was the game that went into overtime? Yeah, that was the game. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah. Yeah, so See, yeah, that so was quite, because, quite a learning curve. Yeah, so how did you like deal? Like, how did you manage that? Were you just like, okay, like, <laughs> Mark, like, let's go? Yeah, I kind of like I, I tell everybody like I I kind of blacked out for a second because it was a whole bunch of emotions. Like, it was one of those moments. Like, what just happened? You know? And I'm like, all right, well, I got to keep playing. You know? And and I can't if I let it, you know, get to me. Then then that's the wrap for the game. You know, that's the wrap for me. So. Yeah, I had to, to block it out. You know, my teammates were there for me. You know, credit to, to all of them. Yeah, just took a knee, said a quick prayer, and kept it moving. You know, I was like, all right, that's that's the that's the life of a, a defender, right? So, hey, you learn from it, and, and you got to move on from it, you know, quick. So, yeah, that was, uh, yeah, my first taste of uh, the Mexico-U.S. Uh, well, at least yeah. you guys won. Yeah, you know, on the bright side, we got a trophy, you know? Yeah. So, uh, so it turned out. You just got through... Excuse my language, but shit. Like you just got through it. Look, you it like happens, dealt with right? adversity and you guys won. So that's like awesome. I've I've like definitely had like moments like that too, where I'm just like, oh my gosh. Like, and I think that's that's one of the biggest things for me is like over my professional career is just like the importance of like mentality and like your mental mm -hmm. like capacity to like deal with things and like be your own biggest fan and like pump yourself up and, and do all that. I think that that's like so important because I think in the past, maybe I had like looked to people or like looked to my parents or my family. And I'm like, kind of like, well, I need to have confidence in myself. You know what I mean? Right. And no one's out there doing it with me. It's just me. So that is tough, but that's something that like, I know that personally I've had to deal with and like, I'm just always working on, but do you, like, have did you guys feel the same in that sense? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, actually, my 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 follow up to that is, what is it like being in a house with uh, a husband who's a soccer player as well? Because you only know if you've been through it what it's like to go through it, right? The mental side of the game, feeling wins, losses, camaraderie of a team, but it can also be an isolating experience. Like, has that been a positive for you? Has it been like a sounding board, board, or is it kind of like? You know, these are things that you still got to, like you said, you kind of got to go through yourself and there's only so much advice that you can take before you sort of got to, like you said, you got to love yourself. You got to, you got to be confident in yourself. Totally. I think, like you said, I think I, you know, can kind of only help myself when I'm out on the field, but I think obviously Aaron's, you know, incredible and I can, you know, tell him anything and sounding board and, you know, he gets it. He's played professional for like 10 years. Like he, he, he gets it. And so I think that that helps in a way, but I think that I've also taken like steps myself to like mature myself. And yeah, like I've said, just kind of be my own biggest fan and, you know, have short-term memory when shit hits the fan because it's going to in a game and kind of like 
it's the nature of the game. And as a center back, especially, I think that it's, it's hard sometimes because when you, when you do mess up, even if you miss a pass or whatever it gets picked off, it, it can be a goal. And then it's like kind of your fault. So you have to just deal with that and just be like, all right, well, that happened. It's not going to happen again. And like, I'm going to just keep carry on, you know? So it, it is hard. And I'm not going to say that I like have it fixed and it's easy all the time, but um, it, it's definitely like gotten better. And I think that it's just something that I know is like, always going to just be something to work on, I guess. No, for sure. It was, it's funny because I remember, I think back to the moment, I'm like a few years ago, probably four or five years ago, I would have probably shut down like mentally, like I would probably, you know, went into a hole, this, you know, this, that, and I probably wouldn't have been able to play, you know, and that, that over critique of my game, you know, always being so hyper, you know, critical of like, oh my, you know, I didn't do this well, I didn't do this well, you know, it really happened to come to a point where I can't be perfect, you know what I'm saying? I try and do everything, you you know, you do everything you can to eliminate any mistakes, but at the same time, you know, that's just, that's what comes with it, right? And the only way to learn is to go through it. The only way to develop is to make mistakes and to try things. And of course, you pick and choose your times to, to do certain things, right? But at the same time, you got to take steps forward, you know, so so having that 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 ability to to grow, you know, and continue to develop, you know, I think that's the mental side of the game and really uh, maturing is is huge, you know, I think for any any footballer, period, you know, whether you're a defender or attacker, but specifically as a defender. And like you said, I think just being hypercritical of yourself is like the reason why, like, we've all gotten to, you know, places that that we have been or are at um because like you're never satisfied and you're always wanting to get better and like i feel like if you were just like oh okay like did great and that was fine then it's like of course you're not gonna like get better and like be where you want to be so i think that to get to a high level you need that kind of criticism to keep you pushing that's well said it's funny now in and you know obviously my post career i've started picking up other sports and things like that. And you guys will realize this at a, at a certain point, hopefully in a long time for both of you, but like the, the, the pressure, like the privilege, you know, the quote of like pressure is a privilege type of thing that you go through as a professional athlete that you take into the real world after you start to realize how unique and rare that is with the people that you're around and things that people generally like freak out over or stress over, or like even in playing sports or in life or in business, you have a different level of perspective of like what pressure is, how to handle that, how to like, you just, it's, it's so applicable and you don't realize these skills that you're developing because you're trying to insert them into the game and improve in the game. But you don't realize that these are like life skills that you're building. And you guys will see when, when you're done playing, just how it all sort of plays out. And that sort of kind of leads me to, to my next question for you, Abby, around just injury, right? The mental side of this, you're, 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 you're obviously dealing with that now. So you're not with the national team. Um, what has that been like, uh, for you to go through that? Like, how do you stay sharp mentally? How do you sort of deal with this type of it? You know, you, you've mentioned a lot about adversity and we've talked kind of different themes of that. Um, but, but what, what has that been like for you? Yeah, I, I'm not going to like lie and say it's been great. And I've been like doing, you know, my best. Um, it's been hard. I think, Injuries, you know, are kind of like happen in soccer and are kind of a part of the game. But 
Um, I think, you know, just focusing on controlling what I can control. Um, I think just obviously recovery, sleep, nutrition, just like kind of doing everything that I can. I also have just been like kind of meditating and kind of like visualizing. I know this sounds so lame, but like myself healing and like my body taking care of like what it needs to do and stuff. And I think just in a sense of, of that, it's like maybe a little bit calming and just knowing that like, I'm, you know, healthy and it'll be fine and I'm going to like get better. And, you know, I have great doctors and, and, uh, PTs and everything that like, I'm literally doing everything I have control over. So I think that's kind of what I've been focusing on just because I'm like, well, I don't know. I can't really do anything else. And then if I'm like worrying about the future or anything, it's just kind of like, well, that I don't really have control over that. So I think, like I said, just in the beginning, like just trying to be close to hundred percent for like this really long ass year and it's only February. So I'm yeah, just managing the best I, I know how. And, um, I've started to do Pilates and that is so hard. Oh my God. It is. It is extremely <sighs> difficult. Is it the ta- do you like the table or the floor floor? No, like a reformer. Like, Oh yeah. That's intense. Oh my God. You guys, I like dread. Go- it's like a good dread, but I'm just like, oh my God, I know this is going to be so hard. I was, I was telling somebody the other day about the one time that I did this uh mega former uh pilates which i know is they whatever whether they consider it pilates or not and i was saying <laughs> yeah. that like the few times that i've seen like these viral videos of uh drunk women in high heels kind of wobbling that's how i walked for the entire afternoon because like my muscles were literally like going through convulsions and i was like this is horrible and i remember being in, in the class thinking like i feel so stupid right now this is so hard like, uh, was I, wasn't I an athlete? Like, what, aren't I supposed to be able to take these things head on? And like, it was incredibly difficult. Yeah. I literally do like eight reps total of like one exercise. And then I'm like literally shaking, like you said, and it's like a simple, like sit up, <laughs> but it's just hard on that thing. I'm just like, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I'm drenched in sweat by the time those sessions over. So it's a, uh, yeah. Yeah. And then the lady, like, she's so sweet and and so good. But like when things are really, really hard and I'm like dying, I like almost start laughing because I'm like, oh my God, I'm dying. And she's always like, are you okay? Like, why are you laughing? (laughs) And I'm like, no, I'm good. I'm just like, I need to stop. (laughs) 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 Laughing through my pain. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, oh my God, you're like freaking me out probably. But well, let's, let's talk about the national team. How about we do that? Um, I got to say, Abby, you, you guys bring me so much joy on the national team. Mark yes. and his people stress me out, right? When, like when the, when the men's national team is playing, they stress <laughs> me out. They, they, they don't, they don't always play great. They give me a lot of gray hairs, but like I was at most of the, the, the world cup in France and there was just a rare moment in my life for me to be like, we are on top of the world like in a stadium, like basically like no one, no one can stop us. And like this consistent dominance. Yeah. Consistent dominance. And it was just for me as a fan. And like, I grew up going to, I don't know if you remember Tisha Venturini with the 99ers, but she was one of the players on the 99ers team. I grew up going to her camps in Modesto as a kid. And like, she was like a local, local legend, legend for, for, for me. But like this 
consistent bragging point in this like ebb and flow of being an ex-national team player and watching our national team grow on the men's side, but the women's side just being just in- incredible. I, just, I don't know if I even have a question other than like how how fun is it to be? And, and maybe it's not fun. Maybe it's stressful. Maybe it's hard. to. I mean, it's obviously hard to stay on top, but like, you know, it's just a different joy for me to watch knowing that where I'm going to get my W's is, you know, and I know that is, is, is with the women uh, and the men just like freak me out, you know? No. Uh, yeah. I mean, first off, it's obviously an honor. I think like to be able to say that I like went to world cup and won is just like, brings me chills and like makes me want to cry because it's just incredible. It's like having a, a goal like a, as a child or like a kid being like, Oh my God, I would like want to go to the world cup with the U S and win and stuff. And then like how that actually happened is just like, you don't have words for it. You just like feel so deeply inside you just like content and happiness, I guess. But it is, it is an honor. And I think, you know, and you guys know being in that environment, you're, you're bound to get better. You're going to be put in very uncomfortable situations. And I think that's just like exciting for me because I feel like I'm just like always growing and learning. And, um, anytime I, you know, get invited to camps or, you know, I'm able to play with the team, I like learn and grow so much. And it, it is like this overwhelming sense of like dominance at at times, just being like, we are going to do literally whatever it takes to win at like running through these people and like, you know what I mean? Like bashing them over, like, and we're just taking, yeah, we, we like, remember, we remember Thailand. We remember the Thailand game. Really. <laughs> yeah. Just uh. taking literally the player in the ball into the goal with you and just being like, oh, we're <laughs> winning at all costs. So you're going into the goal with this ball, like goodbye. So yeah, it's cool. It's, it's, it's incredible. And Mark, uh, and yeah, I, I think you would agree. Um, I think it's, it is exciting, like kind of shifting back to, to the men's side. It's exciting because I feel like you guys are, you know, developing and, and getting like you're just like structured and, and, and getting into, you know, winning and like becoming this dominant force. I think that's the, uh, the, the part we're learning from the women's side is that consistency because it's not easy, you know, and I think it's, it's always, I say at least it's easier getting to the top than it is staying at the top because everybody's trying to knock you off. Right. You know, you're getting to the top. It's the journey. It's, Oh dang, we're doing it. Right. But then when you get to the top, it's like, all right, now we got to take some blows, you know, and and how are we going to maintain that? Right. And I think for us right now, we're going through this, this, this period where we have so much talent, so much ability, and everybody's still coming together. We're developing this culture, this this camaraderie, this unity, right? But now how are we consistently stepping on the field and showing what we can do, right? How are we consistently showing we are better than the opponent? You know, it's that mentality that you talk about is by any means, we're going to win this game. You know, whether you got to go with the ball into the net, whether we got to go through you, over you, we're winning, right? We're coming out with the, the dub. So, I think, yeah, we're, we're, we're still learning, you know, we're still learning that. And I think that will come with that, that time. Um, and again, you know, kudos to you guys, cause <laughs> y'all been doing it time after time after time, you know what I'm saying? So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's fun to watch, uh, you guys dominate so well, you know, and, and do it with, with such ferocity, you know, and, and such joy, you know, you go out there and you see it and you're like, dang, 
Yeah. No, thank you so much. I, I think too, it's just like all the women who've paved the way for us. Like it's it literally started like the 99ers. Like, I don't know if you guys have watched that documentary, but it's, it's so good. I don't know like even what it's on, but I remember as a kid being at a youth like club tournament with my club team and watching that for the first time and just being like, Oh my God, I'm like so inspired. Like I want to be there. I want to be where they are and like representing the country and playing in these huge games and all this stuff. And it's just, it's cool to have inspiration and to, you know, play after like these incredible women have kind of paved this way for, for us and, and for the opportunity to like represent the country and, um, I mean, I'm sure you guys know as well. It's just like, you have to perform and you have to be good or else you're not going to get called back in. So it is like hard and there's pressure, but you know, like we said, pressure is a privilege and you know, you're going to get better there. Well, I mean, and that's really well, well said. There's also like knowing that the men's national team is going through this sort of evolution of young players coming in this, this fresh blood testing themselves after the failures of 2018. And it's all trending obviously in the right direction. The women's team is also going through this sort of like getting younger, new players coming in, new players coming through. We're seeing a lot of young talents uh, come about. I mean, that seems like it's a significant change considering the core of that team has been together, right? And then you had the Olympics get pushed out and it stayed together even longer. Uh, but now we're starting to see that transition. Has that been, I mean, what's that been like for you um, as a member of that? Yeah, I think it's, it's, and I feel like it's this way in San Diego too, but I think it's almost taking on a new role as a, as a leader, kind of realizing that I'm not younger anymore. I have experience. And I think that like, you know, obviously soccer is a team sport. And of course, individually you want to do well, but like your team doing well is only going to like make you play better um, in that sense. And so it's just kind of like wanting the best for everyone and and wanting everyone to, to get better and develop and, you know, be at their best because that's going to make you better and we're going to win, you know, and we're going to be good as a team. And like Mark said, you are at the top and like everyone, you have a huge target on your back and everyone is coming. You're going to get everyone's best game. And so you have to bring that and you have to push the level and, um, you know, find details and little nuances to, to keep getting better and develop or else, you know, teams are, are getting scary good. So, which is great. I mean, I think that that's what you want to see and and soccer is like a sport, but yeah. So I think just for the national team and for San Diego, I've been definitely just like focusing on kind of like being a leader and, um, helping, you know, the team and players with, you know, my experience and, um, my ability to say that, you know, I've gotten to play, games and, um, important games, which I'm like honored and really humbled that I'm able to say that. Yeah. The experience of, of, of winning a world cup, you know, and, and can you shed some light on, on, uh, what it was like going from your first cap and, and, and then, yeah, now to, to being a world cup winner, you know, what's it been like in that, in that journey? Oh my gosh. There's like just so many highs and lows. I, like feel so thankful, but I was able to, you know, room with Carly during the Olympics and 
I just remember her saying this to me and I'll never forget, but she's just like, your career is just full of highs and lows and just ride it out. Just ride it out. And like, this is a marathon, not a sprint. And it's so true. Just thinking about just, you know, good times and bad times, and bad games and good games and, um, you know, different experiences, different lineups, um, different opponents and, you know, mistakes made that to have maybe cost a goal or like great plays that I've made. So it is, it's just, it's just, I think you can't get too caught up in whatever moment you're in, if that makes sense. And I think just, you know, realizing that, and this sounds so lame, but just realizing, you know, the reason why you're playing is because you truly love the game and you have fun. And I think that that's when people play their best. I think when I put too much pressure on myself or I'm overthinking or something that I'm just timid and I'm not, I'm, I'm too much in my head. I'm not like in the zone, if that makes sense. And I think that like, we've all experienced that it's like where you're just truly just like reacting to like whatever's happening and you're not really thinking about anything. You're just kind of locked in. And I think it's important to try and get there, but obviously easier said than done. And, but yeah, no, I'm just thankful. I think just having all those experiences of playing with the national team and, um, you know, playing the games and, and all that stuff, you're just going to get better. And it is truly an honor to always, you know, it's an honor to be called in. Like when, when I do get called in and, um, like I said to Vaka's made it very clear that, you know, you have to, be healthy and you have to be playing well to be called in. And that's um, something that also kind of pushes, you know, competition and makes the team better because you have to be informed and you have to be, you know, playing well. So. Yeah. Makes, makes sense for, for you personally. And this is a question we ask across the board is we're seeing this sort of generational shift now with just access to the game in the U S for at least the, the, the men's national team players that we've had on of, I grew up, with, you know, one goal that was actually, it was sort of two goals, but it was like playing the Olympics, play for the national team. That was all I knew, right? That was all I had access to. Like Olympic development program was the thing. And that was all I knew. And then, you know, Mark's generation now is, is more like access to the game. It's on every channel. You have every game in the world. You can dream like the idea of dreaming about Barcelona. We have an American at Barcelona, right? Chelsea, we have an American at Chelsea. The dream is sort of, I think, evolving and shifting because you can sort of see what you want to be or who you want to be. Did you grow up wanting to play for a club team? Was there anybody in your mind? Like did like, what was that journey for you? Like, and, and was your goal since like you were a kid, like national team was the peak of it all. Um, including like world cup or Olympics. Yeah. I think like I had mentioned before, just like watching the 99 or that documentary was like so inspirational and me being like, Oh my God, I want to, you know, play for the national team and play in a world cup and, um, and all that. I think, too, just like there wasn't, you know, a league that was stable um, for women's soccer when I was growing up. So I, I didn't really like think like playing professionally in the U.S. like was a thing um, until obviously, you know, the league started developing and, you know, it, it got way more stable and all that. So, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think I like definitely looked up to like Mia Hamm and Abby Wambach and all these, you know, national team players. But we didn't really have a league to, to look like up to until, I mean, recently, I think 2009 or 11 or something, but 
Yeah. So was college uh, a thing that you dreamed of, like winning a national championship or, you know, I played at Portland with Christine Sinclair and, and, and Rapino and the Rapino sisters at the time. And it seemed like there was this much bigger thing for them of like, you know, win a national championship, be part of this whole thing that I think is, was also had to be at some point part of your mentality of like, I want to get here and do this at the college level as well. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely was. I remember because I, you know, grew up in the Bay Area. I remember going to Stanford games all the time. And I actually like watched Pino play. I like remember this. It was like in the college tournament and stuff. So, yeah, I definitely was like able to like dream big and want to do that. But I think, you know, it is exciting in a sense of just, you know, personally, me being on an expansion team in the NWSL and us having 12 teams and, having, you know, a challenge cup, a preseason like tournament and, you know, ratifying the first CBA for that NWSL players and, and all that. I think it's just like, it's really exciting and it's special. And it brings me so much joy knowing that, you know, the next generations and the youth like has all these access and opportunities. And like I played on ODP, I was on the state team, district team, all this stuff, but like, that's like so unheard of now, but it's, it is exciting, the development of, you know, opportunities and, um, like you said, access to, to soccer here in the country now. Yeah, I think back to, uh, to, I think I was originally, when I first started playing, like, uh, let's see, let's see, probably 11 or 12 when I'd been in the process of joining the Union's Academy I really had the intention of just riding it out, you know, until college. I was like, this is going to be my, my, my ticket to the university, you know, to, to, to get a scholarship. All right. And it wasn't until I got to probably my last year in the academy, right before I left for, for college, that I was like, oh, maybe I do want to go pro. You know, maybe I do have a, a taste, you know, maybe I do want to take that next step, you know. And I got to the college environment. I was like, I want that, that next, that, that challenge, you know. I, I want the, I want to see what it's like, you know, because uh, I never wanted to have that in the back of my head of, well, I should have done it, you know, or I'd rather go and, and say, at least I tried, say, at least I put my best foot forward in that environment. And I, maybe I came up short, but I didn't ever not try. Right. Um, did you have ever like a shift in mentality, you know, as you were going through, uh, your, your youth football into, into college and say, Oh, well, yeah, now this is, you know, this is for me, this is what I want to do, you know, forget everything else. I'm going to go straight for it. Yeah. I think, I think like being on the U15s, being on the U17s, you know, just being like, oh, well, like maybe I can like kind of work my way up into the national team. Cause like, I mean, the national team for me when I was younger, I just like thought that it was like just like so far away. I was like, oh my gosh, like all this stuff. But I still even remember like first getting called into camp and like getting my first cap. Like I couldn't, I was so nervous to like step onto the field for my first cap. Like I couldn't even like, See straight. Like I was like, oh, like, oh my gosh. And <laughs> got some done for like 10 minutes as a center back. And I was just like, like nerve, like so nervous because it was just so important to me. And I like wanted it so bad. So yeah, I mean, I think maybe probably like during like the youth camps and stuff growing up. And then like obviously with the college process, I think when I was playing college, like it was kind of unheard of for like a girl to skip college to go to straight pro and you're seeing more and more players do this on the women's side. Um, and that's like incredible. I think that's really special. And I think that's so cool that like 
girls are getting good so young to be able to be like, yeah, I'm just going to go play pro. Because I can't imagine skipping college to go and play pro. Like I would, I would have been trash. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just, it's different. And, and just the trajectory, the financial security that that's starting to come with some of that stuff is a really incredible thing. It's funny. You talked about your first cap. I remember mine was 17 minutes and I left it going like, man, I can't breathe. You know, I was like, <laughs> I, I was out of breath the entire time, just chasing everything. It was against, it was against Scotland and they were playing at a, like a high pace. Mark was it the same for you. Do you remember your sort of first cap? Cause I felt overwhelmed, right? Like I got, I'd been a professional for seven, eight months, got called in, didn't expect to play. Then all of a sudden he was like, go warm up. And I was like, I don't know if I want to, you know, like, uh, you know, and all of a sudden you're like, you're going in. And I was like, oh shit, I don't have my shin guards. I got to go find my shin guards back at the bench or like whatever. Like it was just this overwhelming thing. And I went on for DeMarcus Beasley, who I had known for a long time and always looked up to. And then the game was just a blur, you know, like, mm -hmm. like I was just chasing this ball out of breath the entire time being like, and it was probably the first time in my career up to that point that I looked at the clock being like, there can't be many minutes left, right? Like, this is like, <laughs> just get me through this first thing. Help me survive. Don't make a big mistake because like, this is amazing, but like, I don't have time to enjoy it. Yeah, no, I think it was, it was similar for me because I went through my first January camp and then I didn't play. And then my next, the next year I came back to January camp and I was like, oh, it's been a great learning, you know, great learning experience again, you know, looking forward to taking this going into preseason, blah, blah, blah. And then the game against Costa Rica, you know, first half goes by and then they look at me at halftime, I'm like, yeah, go ahead. So you can start warming up. And I was like, oh, this is standard. And I think it was like the 65th minute. They're like, yeah, bring Mark in. Oh, was like, uh, I'm getting like the, the, the knot in my throat, just thinking about the nervousness of that the first time. You're trying to be like, oh, cool. You're like, yeah, yeah, of course, of course. And like deep down, you're like, oh my goodness, this can't be happening. I was, I was standing there just doing legs and I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Okay. All right. You have your jersey on, right? You didn't leave you in the locker room because he told you to bring it out to the locker room. And then, you know, he's going over set pieces on, on the sideline with the, the sheets and I'm, I'm looking, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it. Got it. Got it. And yeah. I have no idea. It's a bunch of just lines. Yeah. I'm like, gosh. And I'm standing at the midline. I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, what did he say again about me on, on corner kicks? I think I'm third, but yeah. And once I got on the field, I was like, oh, Jesus. Okay. Oh, Oh God. Okay. Yeah. So it was uh, quite an experience. Gosh. Abby, did you, uh, is that, you know, one of the things that we'd like to talk about too, is like the, it's kind of the war stories. Like what's the most hostile environment you've gone into where, you know, whether it's like personal safety, cause like the women's national team travels with an entourage and security and all these things of like, whether there was people outside of the hotel making noise or in a stadium where you just felt a hostile environment. Do you have any of those stories that we, you know, uh, we get them a lot in CONCACAF, but whether at the national team level, club level, any of your travels uh, abroad that you were just like, man, I feel a little unsafe or I feel like definitely, you know, out of my comfort zone. There's actually never been a time where I felt unsafe, but my, I was must be nice to be on top, you know, must be nice to be on top, you know? You see the look. No, I think honestly, that's like credit to like security team and, and our like coordinators and stuff. But I definitely do remember just like the environment we played. It was the quarterfinals and it was the World Cup and we played at Parc du Prince and against France. Yeah, so it was like literally like 60,000 people like against us and probably like maybe 10,000 people like for us. Like there was a good amount of Americans, but like there was quadruple the amount of Fran like French. And I, I, 
obviously was so excited and like anxious for that game that I don't really remember like the exact, but I just remember hearing just like noise, like so much noise amplified too. And like, this was obviously a huge game for us against a really, really good opponent. So that was like really cool. And also just like felt just extra good to win, like in front of like the home crowd, um, against a really good side. And they actually, France like got knocked out of the Olympics because they just like didn't qualify for it. So that was like a huge win for us. And in a lot of ways, obviously we went on to, you know, play England and the Netherlands and win, but yeah, that I will never, like, never forget that game. That was like intense. And we like, like we won two to one. Well, I remember the uh, Wendy Bernard scored and it was real contentious there at the end. Started to get real tight. Uh, I, w- I was in the stadium that day and it was rocking. And when that swing happened at the end, I was like, uh-oh. Because uh, that was like one of those atmospheres where you're like, yeah, you feel far from home. Like even as a fan, you're like, this is place is rocking. You do not want to wake up this giant. And it, it came to life. Uh, but squeak that one out. It was amazing. Yeah, I literally was like, kick this ball as far and hard as you can repeatedly (laughs) like literally and i probably was like going like this like not letting people through like oh my god i yeah that just gives me anxiety thinking about it (laughs) so yeah i think that would be probably like a game that that really stands out to me that was like this is this environment is intense yeah I, I I ended up seeing we were flying out at the same time and I was in the same lounge as Wendy Renard after and like I tried to be cool and be like nah and then I had to be like I gotta get a picture with her man she was a baller like and ended up I just bothered her and I was like yeah, can I get a photo please and like I think it was her mom took the picture uh, of us and man she's huge like it was like uh, and and I was like really excited as a fan um, but it was it was it was it was it was, was, was kind of it was kind of cool but it was an amazing experience that like. I'm I'm glad you said that game because it was I remember that being the one from the tournament other than like obviously the the final which I I I got to see uh of just the atmosphere of like this embodies everything from like you want the home team to do well just like in 2018 when Russia crushed Saudi Arabia in the beginning you're like okay now the country's into this right like now it's a now it's a world cup uh and so to see France obviously I wish France would have been a semi or a final because that was probably my 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 favorite game. Uh, I'm I'm not sure how you felt about that because once you get them out of the way, they were probably I, I think you know other than the fact that that Holland has has um had um uh, what's her name the the striker for Arsenal Miedema yeah Miedema who's who's a, who's a, who's a killer also like France seemed like the best team to me that once they were out of the way I was like we're we're gonna win this World Cup you know oh exactly and I felt like momentum and and all that like we felt that as well and i think yeah just looking back at our world cup journey like we had a really hard path and i think obviously like to win a world cup you have to you know beat the best but to have spain france england and then holland is like yeah it was that was but i think momentum in big tournaments momentum is huge um and whatever team is is playing, you know, their best and kind of hitting their stride in, in that moment is going to be like favored. But I don't know if you guys agree or like feel that, but that's kind of how it felt in a way. That's a, that's an unbelievable 
experience. But momentum certainly is like, right? It's all about form and trending in the right direction. And obviously tournament play is so different in terms of like first game versus third game with just the team, the rotation of the squad and and it like sort of getting that momentum into the knockout rounds, knowing the consequences um, of that. Mark, I mean, I mean, Abby, we could keep you here all day and we don't want to keep you here all day because, you know, um, you got better things to do. So we'll, Mark, you want to hit her with some rapid fire questions and then we'll wrap this thing up? Yeah, 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 let's do it. Uh, so yeah, this is rapid fire, quick, off the top of your head, nothing too deep. Um, what was the first kit that you owned? I feel like it was Real Madrid. My, my club coach uh, <laughs> loved like Real Madrid. And uh, so we, that was like literally one of our practice uniforms was like a Real Madrid, like white kit, you know, with like the circle. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, let's see your favorite U.S. soccer player of all time. Uh, I'm going to say Mick Rapino. <laughs> Um, she's just like a badass. She's just so cool. And I love her. And yeah, she's just a, she's G. Fair enough. Uh, what was the last movie that you watched? Oh gosh. I haven't seen a movie in so long, but this is just coming to my head because I, whatever, but I've been, I just started the season four of Ozark. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. Don't spoil it, cause, cause I'm, I'm, I'm. I just I'm started it as well. Up. I just. Okay, well, talk so about. Bad. I'm not gonna spoil it, but it. I'm just so anxious throughout the show. I have to watch like one episode a day, or else it's too much for my like heart rate. It's yeah. Uh, okay, pineapple on pizza or no? Nah? Oh no, no. And then lastly, uh, we got a Spotify playlist. We're having all the guests throw on a track. Um, we have a wide variety of music so what are you throwing on here it could be pre-game it could be something you're feeling now it could be something before game whatever it is oh i literally just like sorry I'm, I'm looking at my phone because i just found this artist and i've like known of it's emmett fenn i don't know you you guys have definitely heard one of his songs but like I'm discovering him. So it would, it would be an Emmett Fenn song. I don't know which one probably. Yeah. I don't know which one, one of his songs. What, what kind of music is it? I mean, is it getting, am I getting hyped in the locker room? And like, am I going to cry? Is it like emotional? I mean, it's a pre, it's a playlist, you know, like, yeah, like EDM, but like, not like, not too okay. housey, but like a little housey. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Like, okay. So you got a little bump. Like yeah. 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 I like that. There we go. Okay. All right, cool, cool. So yeah, yeah. I don't know. I guess, I guess that I've just been feeling a little beatsy. <laughs> Fair enough. I like that. You gotta have the. I like the. I like the vibe. You gotta have the vibe, right? You gotta have the vibe in the locker room. And like, it's it's one of those tracks that, like, even if it's not, if everything's going upwards, but it's got like that. Yeah, it's good. Going, it's oh, good yeah, of upbeat. Yeah. Like his song, it's called "Who Dat," and like it's good. It's like. Like some girl, we were playing it in the locker room yesterday and some girl was like, this is like booty shaking music. Like it's, just good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just like a good beat. You can just like, bop, like move to, <laughs> but that, but that's it. That's it. You know, it can't be, you can't have the music going in one direction and somebody throws in something that's like far out in right field. And then it throws off the whole vibe, you know, my ears are bleeding because it stinks. Yeah, exactly. Well, Abby's, thank you so much for joining us today. We had so much fun getting to know you getting to share a little bit about your life, your career. Congrats on everything so far. We hope that you feel better uh, and you get through your injury and back into the national team and 
back into your club and playing regularly. And again, we appreciate you taking some of your precious time out knowing that you're busy and uh, you're awesome. Congrats. Yeah, thank you so much. This was like such an honor and um, such a pleasure getting to talk to you guys. Man, Mark, what a what a cool person Abby is. I mean, you're cool too. You guys are both like, it was just a really good vibe, man. Uh, another good performance by you today. You know, you're, you're what, what's this, like 30 and 0 now? Like undefeated performances uh, on the podcast? Oh, li- I mean, likewise, man. You're, you're like a welter, welter weight. I don't even know what the, the weight classes are, but but yeah, you're a champ, man. So, uh, but Abby, amazing, amazing conversation. You know, she, uh, I think, gives a different perspective of the game, you know, from the woman's side. And uh, I think that was, was so fun to, to, to talk to her about, you know, again, it's something that we've been trying to get the guests, you know, we try to feed the guests, uh, you know, another side of the game. And, and I think she brought that, you know, that fun light side, but, but also that, that mental side as well. You know, that was also an interesting part of the convo. So yeah, I'm glad we were able to get her on. Yeah. It's, it's, it was weird for me to finally get to talk to one of the women's national team players about like my own experience at the World Cup <laughs> was just like, you know, I don't get to share that with somebody who was like on the field and became a champion while I was like screaming at the top of my lungs in the stands. Uh, it was cool. And she's just like, I don't know, so approachable um, for somebody Very down to earth. an absolute world champion, you know, like yeah. I, would be, I would be a lot less approachable, you know, I would be like, you know, uh, high class. It'd be built yeah, much what's more it bougie. to you? You know, ask me questions. I'm not giving you the secret sauce, you know, like that's, that's how <laughs> that's how I would feel. But um, man, you guys had some similar tra- uh, paths, right? Obviously her playing domestically and going abroad. We didn't get a chance to talk about her, her time other than her mentioning Manchester and uh, the weather and that they had these sun things. But, you know, uh, you guys have had sort of this parallel track. So hopefully you guys get a chance to sort of continue to, to follow each other's each other's journeys. And, and maybe we'll have her on again, um, knowing that we got a, at a certain point. She was our first women's national teamer. She's got to come back as a special guest, uh, considering she's in um, this new new category. But hopefully everybody uh, like that conversation. We want to continue to bring, uh, you know, a wider range of of people uh, to the podcast uh, for this upcoming season. So make sure if you haven't already, hit us up on social media on who you want us to have as a guest. Um, hit us up and uh, in, in, uh, leave a comment, leave a review. And uh, until me- next time, Mark, uh, I mean, we're just going to, we're setting the bar high. So now, you know. <laughs> what's next? <laughs> yeah, what's next? What can we do, right? We got a world champion on, you know. I mean, I, we got the world champions in our in our producer, Matt, and our, and, and our editor, Chris. Um, we appreciate all that they do, but like nothing to, it's, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to know where we navigate from here after having a, a world champion on the podcast. I mean, I mean, can you get higher than a world champion? I mean, I don't, I don't think it's, yeah, I don't think it's possible. I guess not. Well, I guess, you know, uh, we'll wrap this thing up. So until next time, uh, yeah, you do have a, we, we got to support a shield winners. Uh, you know, I mean, life is good. You know, it's all about the shield. You know, that's what we all had in common. The shield. The shield. Yeah. <laughs> the shield, baby. And defenders. Sh- shield yeah. and defenders. That's the it. Shield, shield and defenders. It brings us all together. But um, thank you so much, Mark. I appreciate it, man. I know you got light. Life is busy out there for you. So, um, you know, when you take the time, we always put together a really good uh, podcast. Thanks to, again, our uh, producer, Matt, who's got his background blurred and it makes his hair look funny. But also, <laughs> also, also for the record, before we close this thing out had one stat wrong in the intro for, for Apple, oh yeah you know? yeah yeah he can't we can't let him get by off of that either and it was an it was a it was she ended up having better stats than what he put on there which is more offensive than getting it wrong almost exactly you, know? you da- downplaying yeah. the success the greatness yeah. you know it is what it is but um 
Again, from uh, Four Soccer Ventures, Mark, myself, Matt, and Chris, we uh, appreciate all of you guys that tune in and listen and are part of this amazing community. Until next time, we will see you guys later. Peace. Thank you.